The kids are alright! It's the Kids Are Alright Broadcast! I'm Buster! I'm Buddy! It's such a blast! We're experts on wellness, health, and happiness! Each of the episodes are not to be missed! It's the Kids Are Alright Broadcast! Tune in each week for the broadcast! With Mind Your Head advice from celebrities! We let the kids have their say throughout the series! It's the Kids Are Alright Broadcast! With Michelle Buster Buddy as the showcast! We have laughs, we have jokes as a family! Learning how to stay healthy and happy. Yes, the kids are all right broadcast. Yeah, the kids are all right broadcast. Look, kids are all right broadcast. My trump. Yeah, yeah. The kids are all right. Hello and welcome to The Kids Are All Right, a show that's all about health, happiness and wellness. I'm Michelle and here with me are my co-presenters, Buster and Buddy. Hey guys, it's Buddy here. Oh yeah, don't forget about me, Buster! (laughs) (laughs) And in today's show, we are carrying on our chat with Ellen Hagerty, climate ambassador with Antashka, about climate change. And last week she talked to us about what it is and how it's affecting our world. And how it will affect our world if we don't take action now to slow it down. Yeah. Now I understand that because of all the fossil fuels we burn to create energy, to heat our homes and power our cars, our world is heating up way too much. And this is making our weather change really fast and in really big ways. And this global warming doesn't mean it's nice summer weather all year round. It means we get crazy weather, like like big storms, severe droughts, or even heavy rain downpours. Yeah, that's why she thinks a better name for global warming is actually global weirding. <laughs> yeah, climate change does make our weather act very, very weird indeed. So we asked our Kids Squad panel what they think climate change is and how it might affect the planet. The Kids Squad say... What? Oh, yeah. Climate change is all of the weather kind of changing that where it wasn't really like this before. Sea levels are rising. One is because of greenhouse gases. A lot of the icebergs are melting and animals can go extinct because they're not used to this type of weather. Uh, It destroys the earth and it kills animals. We, I think we'll get more rain. Lots and lots of rain and storms. Climate change is about changes in our weather. This is caused by people burning fossil fuels. We are now seeing more extreme weather causing icebergs to melt. This is having a huge impact on the earth. It's when the world is overheating, the weather is going all wrong and then it can impact on plants and the soil and climate change is just destroying the world. Well, it would be kind of hard to stop climate change at the point we are at, but we could do things to help so it won't get worse. So we could reduce using plastic or try shopping local or like cycling to places instead of using the car. The kids squad say... What? Oh, yeah. Those kids do know a good bit about climate change, Michelle. They do, Buster. And it's important that we all learn as much as we can about it and what we can do to help slow it down. And at the end of last week's show, we asked you to think about what you can do in your everyday life in the fight to protect our environment. Stop! Have a little think. You better think about it, y'all. 
Yeah, I've been thinking lots about that. And I've got loads of ideas, Michelle. Oh, me too, buddy. That's great to hear, guys. So listen, shall we chat with Ellen again? Yeah, defo, Michelle. Absolutely. The, the kids are all right. So, Ellen, thanks a million for joining us again today. Hi. Hi, Ellen. Great to have you back on. Hi, buddy. Hey, Ellen. Hi, Buster. (laughs) So we left off last week by asking the kids to think about what they can do in their own lives to help fight against climate change. So what can we do, Ellen? Yeah. Yeah. Climate change, I think, you know, what can we do in our everyday lives? Climate change can seem like such an overwhelming problem. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it can almost, you can feel worried or scared trying to figure out what can you do. Yeah. It makes me worried, Ellen. Yeah, I I cope with those Mm -hmm. feelings by focusing on the things that I can do. And suppose while we wait for the world's politicians and billionaires and industry leaders to get around to making that happen, because, you know, you or I can't make that happen on our own, there's plenty that we can be getting on with. um, Because everything us humans do has an impact on the climate and on our environment. So if we look at our day-to-day activities and everything we do releases carbon, we call that our carbon footprint. And that kind of means how much carbon or greenhouse gases we release into the atmosphere through our activities. And we want to try and get that kind of to be as as low as possible. So we want to have small, dainty feet. We don't want to have big, hairy carbon feet. (laughs) Buster and and Buddy, I have a feeling you might have hairy feet. So... Excuse me. Once they're small, hairy feet. Oh, you don't want to see them. You don't. Hey, get my feet out of this. So in terms of what kids can do to make sure, as you say, Ellen, that they have small, dainty carbon feet, we have a question from Sean from our Kids Squad panel. My name is Sean Price and I'm from Lismonahan, Letterkenny. We do like school tidy ups and like plant a bunch of flowers around the place. Uh, which gives wildlife that need pollen and all a better chance of living. I was just wondering, what could we do on an everyday basis to fight against climate change and using less greenhouse gases? That's a brilliant question, Sean, and it's great to hear that your school is so engaged in, in trying to look after our world. Yeah. So I suppose the first thing to be really clear about is that this responsibility shouldn't all fall on the shoulders of children. So our leaders have a big job to do. But as I said, while we're waiting around for them to get started, um, we can tip away at home. And so, like, I suppose one thing we can look at is the way we heat and power our homes. Um, You know, they emit greenhouse gases. If we're leaving lights on, um, that all, that burns electricity. So that all leads to emitting greenhouse gases. So I think just being careful about the way we use energy around the house is a good start. Oh, okay. I'm going to go around my house and make sure that everything is switched off when it's not being used. That's a brilliant idea. Um, you know, if things are on standby, if the little red light's on, just plug it out. And, you know, if you've got the heating on, there's, um, I'm always roaring at my children uh, about this. Uh, there's a really good phrase, don't heat the street. So if you've got the heating ah. on, don't be leaving the front door open. Oh, ah. my God, it boils my brains. <laughs> don't heat the street. Yeah, I'll have to remember to do that. I'm a devil for leaving the front door open. <laughs> yeah, don't be a devil. So, so another thing you can do is think about how you get around um, or how you get to school or how you go to a play date or sports training. Um, are you able to get there 
without producing greenhouse gases. So could you take the dart? Could you walk? Could you go on a bus? Could you cycle? Now, I think if you live in Dublin or in the city, that's really easy. We have a lot of options. If you live in the countryside, that's not so easy. So if you live in the countryside, maybe could you share a lift with somebody else? Because automatically there, you're going to cut emissions by doing a lift share. Yeah, Ellen. I mean, during COVID, I started cycling to school a few times a week. And I still do it. And I love it. Brilliant. Yeah, and it's so much easier right, these days with all the cycle tracks and all the cool cycling attachments there are now for your bike. I mean, I've seen toddlers and even little babies sitting and lying down in these comfortably. So I suppose there's no reason not to try it, even a few days a week. Absolutely. Um, like, it's it's such an exciting time to be getting into cycling. But again, you know, it's brilliant if you live in the city. It's not as simple um, if you live in the countryside. Um, I know because I'm, I'm lucky and that my kids' school is a really, really amazing cycle lane now. And it wasn't that safe to cycle around, you know, before the cycle lane was put in. But another option is if you don't have a cycle lane in your area, but you live within cycling distance of a school, what some families are doing now is they're actually getting together And they're making what's called a cycle bus. Ah. And that's where parents cycle with their children. um, And the parents kind of cycle on the outside. And the children cycle along like in a big crocodile. um, And the parents protect them from from cars. Oh, wow. Brilliant idea. And not only does it mean that you're getting out of your car, which saves on emissions or the greenhouse gases. um, It means that you're spending fun time with your parents. You're getting fresh air. You're getting fitter and healthier. And... Also, it's making less noise because cars are really noisy and the air is cleaner. Um, and that's what we call a co-benefit. A co-benefit? Yeah, co-benefit is where something's good for the planet, but it's also good for us. And so it's a win-win. Oh, that's really cool. Co-benefits. I like the sound of that, Ellen. <laughs> and earlier, Sean talked about how in his school, they plant flowers around the place to help fight against climate change. How exactly does that help fight against climate change? Yeah, so I suppose sometimes for me, climate change doesn't just mean climate change. When I think about climate change, there's like this big ball of stuff going on in my brain. So when I think about climate change with that, you've got all of the issues around all of the litter we're spreading, the fact that like we're losing insects and the flowers that Sean are planting are are about this other crisis, which is very much linked with climate change. And it's called the biodiversity crisis. What? The bio what? Biodiversity. So bio means kind of living and diversity means different. So all of the different things that are living upon our planet. Yeah, like animals and insects and plants. And you know what? Every one of them's connected. And you know what? What? We're part of that biodiversity circle as well. And yeah, and the thing is, our biodiversity is in decline. Um, so that means that we're losing some of those animals and plants and insects oh. because of things like the warming climate and the changing weather is a big cause. Um, and also other human activities like cutting down trees, clearing land to build buildings or maybe not leaving space for nature when in agriculture um, and all of these things and the littering as well. All of these things take space away from insects and animals and plants and they lose their natural homes. And then this natural kind of ecosystem or lifestyle that they've developed over thousands of years begins to break down. And if you take, it's like taking a link out of a chain. If you actually remove a link from the chain, the chain breaks. 
and it doesn't work as a chain anymore. And the thing is, we actually we need every link in that ecosystem chain. Every link is important. But, but Ellen, don't we need, like, all the buildings that you're talking about? Say, like, houses for people to live in. And, and the farmers need to have fields to grow their vegetables and their crops. So how can we possibly stop our biodiversity being destroyed or the chain being broken? Yeah, what we need to do is we need to put on our nature glasses. Ooh. So our nature glasses can help us visualize how we can build and develop and feed people while at the same time being kind and leaving space for nature and biodiversity. Cool. <laughs> and with our nature glasses, we really need to put on really good nature glasses because we need to do a lot more to leave space for nature and to nurture biodiversity. And isn't it about um, rewilding? I think people is the kind of the buzzword at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, rewilding is absolutely a buzzword. So it's not really important is leaving space for nature everywhere. So on farms but also in our gardens, on our balconies, creating habitats for nature. Um, and just like Sean in his school, he's planting flowers for pollinators. But the other thing you can do is just like nature's actually amazing. She kind of knows what to do herself. And that's where the rewilding comes in, Michelle. It's where we're not actually going out and picking what to plant or we're not kind of figuring out what to do. We're letting nature make her own decisions. And most of the time, nature knows best if we kind of let her at it. Whoa, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose in a way, isn't it kind of the way, I suppose we've always liked to have the areas we live in and our, our houses looking kind of neat. It's like that idea of nice and neat. Yeah, so we do lots of mowing and cutting back and making everything look really nice and tidy. Nature glasses. Everybody yeah. needs to put them on, Michelle. <laughs> the next time your pay parents nag you, Buster and Buddy, to mow the grass, tell them to put on their nature glasses. Like, <laughs> so just, you know, if and if they are really hung up on, on being neat and tidy, you can just cut certain sections of your grass and leave the rest of it to grow wild. And if your lawn is big, you could actually mow a path through the lawn and make a crazy maze. And that's really cool. Yeah. And even like our councils are starting to do it now. And you might even see that the grass verges on the side of the roads and on the roundabouts. Yeah. They're, you know, they're actually being let to grow wild with little kind of strips mown beside them. And that's because I think, you know, everybody's starting to recognize how important it is to leave space for nature. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, the next time Dad takes out the lawnmower, I'm going to say, no, Dad, no more day today. We're having a wild garden to help Earth biodiversity. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Dad might actually appreciate. Like, why don't you just get him a nice, uh, a nice drink of water and tell him to take a sit down and appreciate the nice nature in the garden? He might enjoy it. Yeah. And you know, like for example, if you don't have a big garden, but maybe you play sport, you could talk um, to your local sports club and see if they've got any spare bits of area around the pitches that they could leave as no mow. Or, I don't know if you've ever heard of, um, there's this group in Cabra in Dublin called Connecting Cabra. And what they've done um, in that area is they're actually making a village orchard. So everybody's Ooh. taking an apple tree and planting it in their garden. Wow. So if you don't have enough space for an orchard, but you and all your neighbours have enough space for a tree, you can actually have an orchard in your in your local neighbourhood. So it's just about thinking thinking outside the box a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's a brilliant idea, Ellen. Oh, Buster, we'll have to get all of our neighbours to do that. And I'm going to talk to my rugby club about making a no-mow patch on some of the spare pitches. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great idea. And it's about opening our eyes and putting on our nature glasses, like you say. That's a really important way to look at things. Um, Ellen, we have another question from Rowan 
on our Kids Squad panel for you. My name is Rowan and I am 12 and I have a question. I heard that food waste is a big problem that contributes to climate change. Is that true? Yeah, Rowan, food waste is actually a huge, huge issue and we think actually that almost one third of all food produced is wasted and it's actually responsible for about 10% of emissions. So it could actually be worse than flying the amount of food we're wasting at the minute. No way! Wow. So like, Buster and Buddy, do you ever leave the food behind in your plate or sometimes bring the food back home in your lunch boxes after school? Yeah, Buster does that all the time. Hey, I lick my lunchbox clean. <laughs> <laughs> and would your mom or dad ever throw food out of the fridge and into the bin? Uh, yeah, actually, my mom does that quite a bit. Okay, so there's a big win here, guys, and it's easy, and it's a really simple kind of individual action that we can all take. Um, because food waste, as we said, is a huge carbon footprint, and we can fix that. So... Look, I'm not saying that everyone has to eat every single thing on their plate because, look, sometimes that's hard to do, Mm. okay? But you know what? If you're really bad at finishing what's on your plate, just get your mom or dad to put less food on the plate in the first place or use a smaller plate. Yeah, that's a good Um, idea. Yeah. Or like, for example, if you find every day that you're bringing home half an apple because you couldn't finish it or you're maybe throwing it into the compost in school, just maybe say it to your mom and dad and... Just bring a half an apple to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a simpler way of doing it, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then um, if you have, like, if you have an awful habit of throwing stuff into the bin from the fridge, um, like, for example, with vegetables, do you know sometimes the carrots can get forgotten about in the bottom drawer or the broccoli looks a bit droopy? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, a really good idea for that is to just whiz it into some soup, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then... Sometimes it's just as simple as buying less food in the first place from the supermarket. Oh. And then if you have to put something into the bin, make sure it's going into the compost bin um, and not into the black bin. And if possible, um, get a compost bin for your garden. And yeah, and buddy, like you're saying, they want to be a climate warrior. Well, you could be a total climate warrior. You could be a food climate warrior. <laughs> a food climate warrior. Double the power. <laughs> <laughs> So there's lots of things yeah. that kids can do in their own day-to-day lives, really, and encouraging their parents and their family members to kind of get on board as well. Yeah, like kids are like influencers, you know. Ah. Um, kids, <laughs> kids can make sure, like kids can totally be part of the solution and totally fight against climate change in their everyday lives. And like I've said before, while there's lots of things that we can do as individuals, we really, really need for our governments to step up and just get the job done here and I think what we need to keep reminding them is that climate change is really important to us and they need to know that so that they can kind of sometimes I think they're afraid to actually take the big actions that are needed like giving us more public transport or more bike lanes or buses or trains or to increase renewable energy production like you know more wind turbines or rolling solar panels out to to all our roofs or schools and also you know, reducing our reliance on fossil fuels. But how can us kids get the adults or the governments to listen to us? So one thing you children are amazing at is pester power. 
Hester power. <laughs> Hester power. Yeah. Channel all of that energy you put into asking for more time on the switch or more ta- more crisps or more sweets and channel it into pestering your politicians or pestering your teacher or getting your teacher or your parents to pester your politicians to think about climate change. Oh, cool. So like, buddy, you could probably write a letter or send an email to your politician. Mm. But Buster, you know, you mightn't feel as confident writing a letter so you could draw a picture or... You guys could get your teacher or even your whole class to draw pictures even or write letters to your local politicians saying that you want to tackle the climate and biodiversity crisis. Oh yeah, just like Greta Thunberg. She's brilliant because she goes out there and she shouts about climate change until the politicians have to listen to her. (laughs) Yeah, she's a total hero. Like I think, you know, with Greta, she has really shown how one person can truly make a difference. Um, and she's really inspired all of us. And, you know, you can you can channel your inner Greta. You can make a big difference that, you know, for example, if more elections are coming around, if any time a politician calls to your door or if they're out and about at your GAA club or at your school fair or they come to your school, you can say to them, what are you going to do about climate change or what are you going to do or what are you doing about biodiversity? Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. And you don't have to be an expert in climate change you don't have to be able to quote statistics at them because that's their job that's their job to know and you just have to be able to ask them question and make them realize that having a livable planet and a safe future is really important to you yeah and politicians listen don't they because the kids can influence their parents quite a bit so when it comes to voting time absolutely and that comes back to pester power because (laughs) even though you're not old enough to vote you can totally pester your parents and and influence their voting decisions. And politicians will sit up and listen to that because they want to get re-elected. And the more they hear people asking about what you're going to do about climate change, about biodiversity, the more they realise that it's an issue. So I think that's really, really powerful. Just something as simple as asking those questions. Um, Ellen, you know, this is brilliant. It's been so great talking to you. We could talk to you all day, uh, but it is great to know that there are things that, you know, kids and us adults can do in our day-to-day lives that make a real difference. Yeah, it makes me feel like we have a real chance to stop climate change. Right, Buster? Yeah. Go for it, guys. I'm glad you're on the team. Oh, we are, Ellen. Definitely, definitely. Listen, Ellen, thank you so much for chatting with us again this week. I think over the last two weeks, we've all learned so much about climate change and things that we can do and things we can get other people to do to help the fight against climate change. So thanks a million. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Ellen. Bye. Bye. The kids are all right. Hey, guys, it's that time again. It's time to... Tickle your your funny funny bone. Hi, my name's Lauren, I'm seven years old, and this is my joke. Why does the ocean roar? Because there are crabs on its bottom. (laughs) And I have another one. What kind of key doesn't unlock any doors? A donkey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was brilliant, Lauren. A donkey. So that's it from us as we wrap up our chats over the last two weeks with Ellen all about climate change. We have learned so much and we hope you have too. You'll find loads more info on the RTE Junior Radio website about today's show. And all of our shows. That's www.rte.ie forward slash kids. 
And remember, try to be healthy, be well, and be happy. See you next time on The Kids Are All Right. Whoa, 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 hang on a second, kids. It's time to air guitar in in the the car. car. Or wherever you are. (laughs) Let's rock! Funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.